Hi guys! Today we're going to talk about The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, which is part three. And I absolutely loved The Conjuring film, so I was really excited to go and see this, because we went to the cinema. This is your favourite horror franchise. Let's not undersell this. Yeah, it is. It's my, my favourite one. I absolutely love them. I'm terrified by them, but I love them. So we'd rewatch the second one the weekend before to get ready for it. Yep, in preparation. Yeah, and then we went to the cinema. We're all excited for it. And I think there was a difference with this one, wasn't it? It's James Wan wrote it, but he didn't produce it. So it's produced by James Wan and the stories by James Wan. So James Wan would have had an overview of the structure and roughly, roughly what's happening in the film. But he didn't do the screenplay. The last time he was director. Did he direct the second one as well? He was director of the, the second one. So it was Michael Chaves that directed The Devil Made Me Do It. So it's a different director. So that's what I was thinking. He's the guy who directed La Llorona. Well, that might be why there's a different feel. Because I almost did say to you that it had more of a, a sort of feel from La Llorona. What, that it was just rubbish? <laughs> You've not seen that one. But there's a very different vibe to it. It's like, it's scary, but it's not super scary. And it's got like, sort of like comic moments in it. But, um... Like, The Conjuring 1 and 2, they're just sheer terror. They've got nice moments in them, but it's scary. But La Llorona was scary, but there was, like, jokes in it. So it dulled the scares down. Yeah. I went into this really excited for it because I thought the first Conjuring film... I think the first Conjuring film is one of the best horror films. Yeah. I don't think the second one stands up to it that well. The second but, one's still really good, but the first one is the best one. Mm. And the third one I was really interested in, and the, by the way the trailer made it look, it looked like it was mainly a courtroom drama, and that the Warrens were going to try and prove this guy's innocence, because essentially this guy, the whole plot is this guy has been possessed, and kills somebody under, well, while possessed, and he uses the defense of, I was possessed when I killed him. Yeah, it didn't go quite the direction I thought it was going to go. But also, I was wondering maybe if I didn't like it as much because it wasn't like a haunted house. Well, I was going to bring this up because haunted houses are one of the most effective horror hooks because if you're at the cinema and you leave the cinema, you go home and you take that horror with you so that you look at all the dark corners and suddenly you're like, was that something that, that was in the film? What What's going on? You know, and your, your brain plays tricks on you. And the same, if you actually watch at home, if you're watching at home and you glance around into shadows, you might be like completely freaked out. Oh, but also ghost horrors are my favourite type of horrors. Because I, I always thought that, like when I watched Insidious, I thought that was a bit of a letdown. That it wasn't a ghost horror, it was a demon horror. Yeah, I, we could discuss this another time. I think Insidious is one of the best films as well it's a good, in a horror franchise. It's a good horror story, but when you go in expecting it to be ghosts and it turns out to be demons, there's an awful lot of that happening. Every time I go and see one, it's shown as like it's a ghosty horror and it turns out to be a demon horror. And I want a ghost story. That's what I want when I go and see them. To be fair, the title does say the devil made me do it. And the devil is in control of demons. Yeah, I was prepared for this one, but I thought, like, when I went to see Insidious, I thought it was ghosts. When I went to see a few other ones, I thought there were going to be ghosts. But it was, it turns out there were demons. It was just kind of advertised like it was a haunting, but it was turns out to be a demon sort of haunting, not a ghost haunting. This one I was prepared because it was a possession, so you knew it wasn't going to be, like, ghosty horror. Well, the to be fair with Insidious, the demon being attached to the wee boy brings out ghosts from the other world or the other side as it's presented so it is ghosts it's just it's all because of a demon 
Yes, the ghost isn't the focal point. Mm. I want the ghost to be the focal point. But I, I will agree with you that I find ghost stories scarier than I find demons or possession stories scary. So, like, see, The Exorcist is one of the most famous horror films ever, if not the most famous horror film ever. And apart from a few moments in the director's cut, like the spider walk down the stairs, it's not that scary, especially nowadays. It's not aged very well at all. But, again, see, at the beginning of this film, it starts with the possession of the wee-wee boy, and the demon is contorting his body, and he's screaming. Oh, that was... It's a bit icky, but to be honest, like, it's not... I didn't find it scary. The scariest moment, I think, in that whole bit was the jump scare where he just suddenly runs at the dad with a knife. Yeah, that's true. Although I did like the use of the fingers on the shower rail. The yeah. wee boy's hiding in the shower curtain. And you see, see the... that that was more typical of like the conjuring though. That is more accurate, yes. It builds up the sort of suspense. You know something's coming, but it comes so slowly and it builds up and it builds up. Yeah. It was like when you you know, you see things in the corner of the screen. If you weren't looking, you wouldn't call. Those are the best things in horror films and tv shows it's where there's horror things that take several viewings to actually catch everything yeah which is why i like insidious because it's got a couple of moments like that in it well that's why i love hell house because you've got to watch that over again to even see them because almost like the majority of the scenes have something in it but because you're so busy focusing on what's happening at the front you don't notice them Mm. hill house is actually really creepy when you go back and watch it again and you don't pay attention to the main thing that's happening. You just look at the scenery and the people standing in the background. Well, I, I caught a few the first time, but I only caught like one or two. And there's, what we counted like 15 or more the second time we watched it. Mm. If any one of you guys is wondering why we're eight minutes into a review about The Conjuring 3, and what we've talked about is Conjuring 1, Conjuring 2, Insidious, and Hill House, is because they are way better. This film is such a letdown. It is an alright film, but for the Conjuring series, I was expecting more. Yes, that's exactly it. It's about a possession of a guy who ends up in prison. It's not scary, and you don't really care about him. Well, it's not even that it's a possession. Well, it is a possession. We've already done loads of spoilers, but here's more spoilers. So it turns out it's all witches. Yeah, it's a witch coven of one witch. Yeah, so it's a witch curse that causes the possession. So it's not even like a demon thing, it's like a people thing. Which yeah. even takes the supernatural less... You know, I know like, the supernatural's there, but it's less out of it because it was a person that did it. Mm. So if it's going to be a witch film, I want it to be a witch film. If it's going to be a demon one, I want it to be a demon one. I don't like all this mismatch and wishy-washiness. I like it to be like a supernatural sort of detective show. If it's a ghost, you've got to find out why they're there, what happened to them, what what were they like in their, when they were alive sort of thing, and discover why they're there. Or if it's a demon one... Why are they attached to that person? You've got to discover it and try and save them. But it was just a bit more wishy-washy. Mm. Cards on the table right now. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in demons. I don't believe in witches. I don't believe in fairies, unicorns, weird creatures. That, and the sounds that go bump in the night are usually just your house settling. I also think the Warrens and most, not most, every psychic that's ever been are probably frauds and charlatans. And until science get a battery of tests done where they basically unconvincingly prove that they have got abilities that are measurable, I can't believe any of it. And I'm wondering if the wishy-washiness you're feeling is like the Warrens basically, if they were in real life, they'd be like, you got a ghost problem? I'm, we're you guys. You got a demon problem? We're you guys. You got a witch problem? We're you guys. Well, see, I'm in contrast. I believe in absolutely everything. 
But I do also believe that there are a lot of frauds about saying they're doing things. But I mean, you think about how many there are, there must be like one in so many frauds that is actual genuine. But, <laughs> turnip shaking his head, but I believe that there are some real ones, there are just a lot of ones pretending. There are some very convincing things, but again, nothing can be ratified. Well, that's true, but then there's also the thing is like half the time your head can be playing tricks on you, it shadows your scene and whatnot, and then other times it's real. So I believe in absolutely everything. Anyway, my point of that was that what you might be seeing is the. I mean, I don't know how much of this is meant to be true to their memoirs of how this actually really went down. I'm assuming very, very, very little of it. But I'm wondering if it's taking bits from other cases they've had where it's been like, it looks like a possession. Is it maybe. It looks like a possession. Or maybe it's a ghost story. No, it's witches. Yeah. Well, is that not the thing as well? Normally, with all the other conjurings, we start on a different case. Yes. You always see a different case first, whereas this one we started technically on the same case. Yeah, it was like the case of this guy's possession, part A, and then part B was the main bit of the film. I'm also wondering, is like that's both of them passed away now, isn't it? Because I'm pretty sure they had the... Uh, the wee memento to Lorraine Warren up on one of the films that we watched last. I can't remember which one it was. She died in 2018. He, uh, Ed died quite a bit earlier. I'm presuming from the heart attack that he suffered in this film. Yeah, well, they aged them up fairly m- well in this one. The, yeah, I'll give them. I'll give them credit. The two actors who play Ed and Lorraine Warren, they're quite good, especially the guy. Oh, the guy's amazing. But Lorraine Warren, the whoever plays her, it's like she's she's amazing too. I like the two of them as a couple. I really don't want the Conjuring series to end. But if they're aging them up that quick, it's going to end sooner than I thought it was. Hmm. This film isn't without any good bits or any good like scares or something like that. The best bit for me is in the the funeral home. But even even that was almost comic. I get what you mean by saying it's comic. I I think it's just more how they present it because. Essentially what happens is, for whatever reason, this funeral home, you know, because horror movie standards, has got a ticking light box where, like, you you, you wind the light, the light switch on the wall, and that gives you a certain amount of time on the main light in the room. That did not make sense to me. You're going to go out dead bodies, you're going to have a light on that is on all the time. You're not going to have any ticking timer. Especially because you know your wife can summon things from the other side, and you're in a room of dead bodies. See, my issue with that scene as well is, like, you think of all the other conjurings, you know something's going to happen. Yeah. But the best part about those films is you can't quite pinpoint what it's going to be. I guess, yeah. Like, literally, we called it. We were like, that thing's moving. You walk past the dead bodies, like, one of them's coming alive. Not even one of them. I picked it. I went, that's the one. It's not her. Yeah. The only thing I liked about it was that when he... So, light goes off, Ed goes on to turn on the light. And this is as spooky things are beginning to happen. And he turns, like, the camera sort of angles itself past him. And as he turns, you can see the table where the very heavy dead body was. The the dead body of a very heavy guy was. And you just see, the, the table's empty, but you see the, the blanket fall off. And then you're like, well, where is he? And you, uh, you think he's about to jump out from somewhere. But no, you sort of, the camera keeps panning as he turns his head as well. And... It's just standing with his back to him in the corner and sort of hulks to turn around, just sort of with big heavy footsteps. I just quite like that change of pace because a lot of the scares in this, to be fair, are jump scares, which 
aren't great. There's usually a lot of decent build-up, but... Oh, but you think of all the other films. I, I can't help comparing it to other films because they build up so much that I'm terrified. I'm hiding over a blanket for half the time going, oh no, something bad's going to happen. Yeah, you did it with The Conjuring too, which yeah, is a I've film you've already it. seen it. Yeah. I've seen it several times and I'm still terrified of it. Because like you see the old man in the chair, she's going up the stairs, it jumps her about, but nothing actually happens to her. She just wakes up in different places or she hears noises and... You know, it's like really subtle, non-scary things that make it so scary. And then you go to this one and it's... I don't know, like everything about it's all out. And even when they find out why it happened to the wee boy in the beginning. Because they moved into a house and that day, before they'd even like unpacked or anything, he'd already got cursed by a witch in the waterbed. Yeah, so the mechanic is like she leaves a totem under the house or under somewhere or hiding somewhere in the house and that can summon a possession or summon a demon to possess yeah but it happens so quickly and you think of all the other films it's like really slow build up you're not sure what's happening it's that and even if they get possessed it's you know it's really slow but that just happened immediately he was possessed that was that they were called yeah i don't know i didn't enjoy it i wouldn't go to see the, see at the cinema this is the one that we went to see at the cinema and there were tons of teeny boppers everywhere yeah we went on friday date night Yep. We were the mature dates. <laughs> we we were. We were the geriatric old bastards in the front area going, we gotta see the screen. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably watch it again eventually, but it's it's not my favourite one. No. No. And there's been eight or nine films in the Conjuring series now, and this is really close to the bottom. Yeah, fair enough. Not all of them are great, but mm. for the actual Conjuring films... Like the main ones? Uh, the main three, yeah, this is easily this the worst. This was a bit of a letdown. One thing I would like to point out is that this series of films, albeit I haven't seen La Llorona, but it seems to have the most consistent, it's almost the most consistent franchise in films right now outside of like the MCU, both in terms of like story beats, themes throughout, and you know, quality. Yeah. I need to make you watch La Llorona. I will watch it one day. Because it's a scary one, but it's qu- there's one character in it, he's just so funny. I've been trying to get you to watch a horror film and we've not managed to get onto it yet. Which one was that? Us. Oh, yeah. So I want to watch Brightburn as well. That's just on Netflix. Our next one, actually, our mission to go to the cinema and see is Quiet Place 2, because Turnip has not seen Quiet Place 1. No, I haven't. And I unfortunately know of a few things that happen in it, but overall, I don't really know much about the plot. It's amazing. But yeah. Me and Sasquatch, we really like our horror films. I think I do better than you because I don't need a blanket to hold on to. See, I like horror films, but they terrify me. I watched all eight... Is it eight saws? Seven seven or eight saws. I watched all of them, right? I'm not great with gore, but I like the sort of reveal. So I watched every single film through my fingers. I think that's my view of Saw as well. I know this has just turned into talk about other horror franchises now. But Saw at least has like a riddle-esque way of looking at things. I think it kind of becomes really unfair to all these people because I think in theory at first, some of the films, you know, they had a chance to survive. But a lot of them are like, a lot of the people who die in these films are just like, nope, you would never have had a chance. Oh, don't get me started. There's so many sort of loops in that. Or like giving one person a chance to survive, but they give the other person no chance at all and just tangent away yeah 
I think that was one of the other issues with the Conjuring that I had was that there was a big twist at the end, but the big twist was so guessable. I can't remember what you're thinking about. The bit like the big reveal when they go back to the the old dude's house, and it turns out it's the old dude's daughter. Oh yeah, yeah. It was so obvious. Sorry, I didn't know you were thinking that was a twist. That that was meant to be the twist in every other film. You know, even their side films like Annabelle and all that. They have a decent twist. They've got a good one. It turns you, you're. It makes you rethink. Going, oh, this makes sense for all that part. Whereas this one, you're just like, yeah, that's that's probable. Yeah, unfortunately, horror films are arguably one of the hardest to get right. Now, if they make a Conjuring four and they go back to a nice big haunted house or something, that would be good. That'd be fine. It'd be better. Yeah. Straight up, just have a better setting. Or even just like a random place that's haunted and they have to go and rescue people. I've got to be honest, at this point I think you could do something crazy like Ed and Lorraine Warren versus The Woman Black and that would be a better film. No, 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 we can't cross films. Well, you know, but that's that kind of thing, like that's that's how poorly I thought of this film. Do you know what would have been good? If it was like the two of them and there was some sort of haunting at a school because children and ghosts together is scary. That's why Women in Black gets so scary because it's wee kids. There's something kids kids make horror films scarier if it's a ghosty one. Yeah, the only, the only thing with kids being in horror films is usually like you're initially like, oh god, it's a ghost, run, 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 and then two thirds of the way through you're like, oh no, this is a kind spirit. This one's not going to hurt us. It's the one that's overpowering all the little kiddie spirits. It's the evil one. Well, not even that. Even if it's like a kid that's the alive one, and the ghost is something completely different. Right, okay. If there's children involved with a horror film and it's about ghosties, it's normally better. Hmm. But yeah, I don't think this is actually worth giving the time of day to, to review anymore. I think it's the poorest in the poorest out of the main trilogy. It's probably bottom two for the entire franchise. The more I thought about it after leaving the cinema, the worse it actually got in my head. I like, think that's the same with me too. The more you think about it, the more you're like, it's not quite right. Yeah, because I came out of it going... You know what? It wasn't the best, but you know what? I'm glad I went and saw it. And the longer I go past, I'm like, I kind of wish I didn't go see it. It just was so disappointing. But at the same time, when you kind of take it apart, like the actors were good to like Ed and Lorraine actors. They're amazing, as always. Camera angles were good. The music sort of intro to make the scary bits good. It's just altogether, nope. And you got your shot because you were talking on about ages about The Exorcist and it had The Exorcist shot in it. Yes, it did. Right at yeah. the beginning. Well, it's not an exact carbon copy, but it's a, I think it's a homage to it. Yeah, the priest coming to do the exorcism. And getting out of the taxi and he's right below a lamplight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's our review. <laughs> yeah. We reviewed pretty much every other horror film apart from the one we watched. No, we you No, no. We constructively used the other films to identify problems in this one. Yeah, I recommend watching it so you can complete the set. But other than that, no. I feel like if Ed and Lorraine Warren had gone to the La Llorona case, because that's separate, so it's not in their wee bit, but if they had gone to that one, that would have been a better film than this one. Maybe. I have no opinion one way or the other, because I haven't seen that film. Yeah. You need to see. But yeah. Anyway, thank you for tuning in, everyone, to this hop around different horror franchises, and also a review of The Conjuring Free. Please check out our Instagram and our Twitter. And wherever you're listening to this, if you could give us a five-star review, it would really help us out. Below is an email address where you can reach us. 
There we take requests. And if you'd like to leave us any feedback, we'd like to hear from you. She's been Sasquatch. And he's been Turnup. Bye, guys. Bye.